Coming live from Washington, D.C., USA is our guest this evening. Welcome to this very special edition of the KJ Masterclass Live, the show which ensures that you profit from your time spent here with experts, either through the industry insights, information, or simply learning from them. And today we have Dr. Dennis Moore-Rebel, international speaker, best-selling author, personal development coach, business coach. Welcome to the show, Dr. Dennis. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. <laughs> right. And it's a pleasure to have you on the show, Dr. Dennis. And as we'll be talking about, as the topic says, we'll be talking about how to find your voice and live your work. You have been, you know, for over 25 years, you have literally helped people find their voices as a speech language pathologist, that's therapist. Your job has been to help her, your, uh, to help your clients discover their voice. And then you found your own, your amazing movement. It's an extension of message of your finding your own voice and living your word out loud. So we'll be talking about things on the literary sense also, how to find your voice and also about the great work that you are doing, about the book that you have read, written, about finding your own amazing. So Dr. Uh, Dr. Dennis, firstly, you know, to understand from your point of view, what do you mean by voice and living your word so that we understand what exactly uh, you understand and what you tell about tell about all these things to your clients and all those people who talk to you. Awesome. So, like you said, for the past it's 28 years now, I can't believe it, that I've been a speech language pathologist or a speech therapist where I have literally helped people to find their voices. I help people to learn how to communicate more effectively. Uh, maybe they have a stutter or maybe they have articulation issues or word finding problems. I have literally helped children and adults do that for the last 28 years. Uh, but about six years ago, I started a company called Own Your Amazing. And it's the same thing about, I, I realized myself and other women were having problems finding our literal voices. We weren't showing up using the power of our identity, the power of who we are. We weren't really expressing ourselves in the way that I know we can. So that had been my journey. And so I invited other women to come along with me to be empowered, to really show up more powerfully, to express themselves fully, to literally use their voices, to tell their stories, to impact the world, to help other people. So I'm on a mission to do exactly that. And so own your amazing. It's really about you owning who you are, showing up authentically and, and silencing all the other voices that might be coming at you, telling you who you are not and what you can't do. And so my job, my goal, my mission is to help people to really find their voices and to live their own worth out loud. Right. Right, Dr. Dennis. Now, uh, let me ask you from a women's point of view. Sure. Women everywhere, uh, they talk. And when they are, you know, when they are you know, in their childhood, they do talk. Most of them, they talk. And generally also there is a saying uh, that women have so much to talk and speak about. But then as they grow up, with whatever circumstances it is, several of them just lose their voice. Yes. And that is such an unfortunate thing. So I just wanted to understand that when do you think women have their challenges in finding their voice and living their voice? What is it that makes them forget about who they are and what their actual worth is? 
it's it's a problem everywhere in all societies i see and that is something of a great concern that is where you come in absolutely um i i tend to think that a lot of women um not only not necessarily they lost their voice but some of them just never found it in the first place i grew up in a generation where i was told children should be seen but not heard you sit and you be quiet right and so children internalize that. They think that I can't speak up. I can't say what I feel. I can't voice my opinion. I can't f- express what's important to me because I was told to be seen, but not heard, not listened to. And so a lot of women um, have been silenced from the beginning. And so when I talk about finding your voice, the first thing I tell a, a woman or anyone is that you have a voice. I said it might sound crazy, but I always start that you have a voice because a lot of people have been silenced or there might be a time in their life they did speak up and they got criticized. They got belittled. They got told, no, be quiet. Don't rock the boat. Just go with the flow. So that's a, that, those are messages a lot of us have heard. And so I have to come back and tell them, no, you have a voice. You have a voice and you it's your, it's your responsibility to, to use it in a powerful way. But for some, they never had it. For some, they lost it along the way because the messages we've gotten from home, from school, from society about what a woman should and shouldn't do, how a woman should and should not show up. And when you hear all those voices, if you're not careful, you lose yourself in that. And so I'm inviting women to own their own voice and to own their own power, whether they had it and lost it or if they never had it in the beginning. (laughs) Right, right. Now, Dr. Dennis, you see, you have also faced quite a bit. It's not, it has not been an easy journey for you. No. You know? (laughs) So, after all those learnings in your own life, you know, the issues that you personally faced and the way you overcome them. Yeah. And today, you are able to, you know, look back at those times and think, you know, about how it would have been if you had the same advice or why wisdom that you have now. Right. So in a way, if you were to give that wisdom to your younger self, what would that be? So that this whole wisdom is not just only to your younger self, but a lot of women who are of at that age who need that wisdom so that they can actually start living their work. Yes. So I want to go back and, and and share with how the Own Your Amazing movement actually really got started. Because I was on this journey of self-discovery. Uh, I had a, I had, I had some success. I had, you know, graduated from college, two degrees, working a great job. Uh, I did everything everyone told me to do that would, that should make me happy, right? But I wasn't happy. I still wasn't fulfilled. And so I had attended a workshop weekend. And uh, when I attended the workshop, <clears throat> excuse me, um, the day I arrived, I met one of the attendees. We went out to dinner, just got to know one another. And so the next day was the actual workshop. And so each person who attended had a chance to go to the front of the room to get coached by the facilitator. And so the story goes, as each person was going up there, I'm sitting in the audience, right? I'm just listening and observing. And most of the attendees are very emotional. They start crying. And I'm sitting there thinking like, why are they crying? You know, <laughs> what's going on with them? I'm like, okay. So now it's my turn. <laughs> and to go to the front of the room, to sit and get coached. As soon as I sat down, I started crying. <laughs> I was like, I 
school. I was like, why am I crying? You know? And so um, the facilitator, she's like, what's going on with, I was like, I don't know. I said, I'm just not happy. This isn't it. I don't, and I don't know what's going on with me. Right. And so the young lady who I had gone out with to dinner the night before, she raised her hand and said, I know what's wrong with you. And I was thinking like, we just met, you don't know me, you know, I've been on this journey. How are you going to tell me what's going on with me? You don't really know me. Right. And so I didn't say any of those things. I just thought that in my head. Right. <laughs> and so I asked, I said, what's going on with me? She said, I met you yesterday. She said, you're smart. You're brilliant. You're talented. She's like, you're all these things, but you don't own it. She said, you need to own your amazing and stop playing small. I was like, oh my God, that's it. That is it. Again, a lot of us, we have some levels of success, but on the inside, we're still feeling like we're not worthy. We're not good enough. We really can't speak up. We really can't live our worth out loud. We really can't own who we are. And that day she helped me to language what I had been feeling, what I had been thinking. And I said, that's it. And since that day, literally since that day, I have been on a mission um, to own my amazing. And again, I haven't invited other women to come along the journey. I do have some men. I will say that I got some men who are part of the community, <laughs> but for the most part it's women, but I do have some men to come in and, you know, and share because at the end of the day, we all need to own who we are. We all need to be proud of who we are. Uh, we all need to represent ourselves fully and live authentically, whatever that looks like for us. So it's, it's been my mission, but yeah, it's about owning who you are and not settling and not playing small. Okay. Okay. And which are the, let's look at two areas. Okay. One is the personal relationships and one is the work area. So two areas are, where is it that, uh, you know, you get challenges, what sort of challenges and you start acting small, knowing still your worth, but not discovering or actually putting your foot down that this is what I am. I This is not my real worth. And this is I, I the way, the right way that I should be treated or accepted. Why is it that you are a bit on the defensive? So what would you look at this? particular things from two aspects and tell a lot of women down there. So a lot of women, you know, um, I, you know, we, I know I personally come from a large family and there are traditions and customs and things like that, which are great, which, which some are good, you know. Um, but I remember it was time for me to go to college, to choose a college. And so there was one particular college, great university that several of my family members had attended. Right. So I, I'm the youngest of five. And so the assumption was made, I was going to go to that school too, because that was the family thing. But I didn't want to go. That's not the school I wanted to go to. And so at 17, 18 years old, that's when I realized like, well, this is my life. When will I get a chance to make decisions about my life <laughs> and okay. not necessarily do what other people in my family my teachers, my guidance counselors, everyone expected me to go to this particular school because that has had been where other family members had gone. But that wasn't a good fit for me. And so I remember having to have a conversation with my dad to let him know I didn't want to go. I don't want to go there. And it was a conversation. 
And he didn't understand <laughs> why I didn't want to go because I didn't want to go. It, it's a great school, but it wasn't a good school for me. That was the thing that we have to learn how to express for other people. What, what may work for you may not necessarily work for me. And I should not have to be, be beholden to that. I should be allowed to say, no, I think this school is a better fit for me and what I want to do with my life as opposed to this school. And so, I, so I'm thankful that I had a, I had a dad who listened. I'm, I'm thankful I had a family that was supportive, but I could have very well just went along to get along and just held that to myself, but I would have been unhappy, right? And so a lot of times we just continue to do things that other people want us to, even in relationships, you know? Uh, again, we do a lot of things because that's what people expect us to do. But on the inside, we're miserable. We're not fulfilled. We're unhappy. So I, I am, am inviting women to give themselves permission to say, well, what, what is it for me? You know, let's have a conversation, whether it's with my spouse, with my children, with my extended family. Uh, this is what is I, I want. And how can we work on this thing together? So I think it, it shows up in the work, I mean, in the home. It also definitely shows up in the workplace and in, in our businesses. Okay, right. Now, let's look at this way. At home, uh, as you grow up, people are a bit more protective about women. That's uh, that's a very natural instinct for a lot of women. It has nothing to, you know, uh, perhaps put on all their choices on uh, a, a lady or a, growing, or, or a woman in the family. Sometimes... Uh, People think that they are able to look at things, look at the world from a much more matured perspective. Mm -hmm. But a lot of people are independent minded and women do take a lot of decisions in today's time. What I want to understand is that along with decisions mm -hmm. also come accountability. You own those decisions. Sometimes what happens is in that you only own all the good things you don't take the bad things mm -hmm. or the wrong decisions which have not gone right mm -hmm. you then put on that onus or responsibility or an accountability on someone else it happens in several cases so what would you tell uh, a lot of women in this regard that with freedom at an early age in the US it might be that women are a much more you know open and they have that freedom at, from a very early age. But in many societies, it is a bit more, you know, you can't use the word conservative all the time, but maybe much bit more protected. So how would you put this thing that along with uh, freedom, choices yes. also comes accountability, responsibility for your own decisions? Oh, absolutely. And, I, and, and that's the thing. You're right. We all should be held accountable for our own decisions, but it should be our decisions. Again, going back to the example about going to college, I had made a decision to go to college. It wasn't that I didn't want to go to college. Yeah, I knew that was the right thing to do after looking at, you know, the things I want to do with my life, how I had gone, I had been groomed to go to college. Going to college was not the issue. Choosing the one that I felt was going to be right for me was a decision I felt like I should make. <laughs> I told my dad, I am the one who right. has to go there for the next four years. So can we look at the ones that I'm interested in to make sure that they are a good fit for me? And he was like, well, absolutely. Like I'm going to college. Yeah, it's not a, it's not a question of whether or not I'm going. Yeah, I, I want to go, 
but can we can we look at the ones I think is a good fit for me? So a lot of women, um, and, and of course my father and family are protective, but we have to be careful how we define protective. <laughs> how you might right. define protective may not be how I define protective. It might be, right. I feel like you're smothering me or you're trying to control me. And so um, I was, I never felt control. I never felt my parents, my family was just trying to control me. They were very protective of me, but they also gave me the, the space to express, well, what, what do you think about this? Well, how do you feel about this? So um, it was, it, it, it wasn't a hard conversation to come talk to my dad because I had that freedom to say, dad, can we talk? We, we talked about a lot of different things. And I think that women are not saying we don't want protection. Sure. And it's not that we don't want to hope be held accountable. So the decision I made where I went, where I went, I had to be accountable for the decisions I made, the choices I made. Yeah, we're not saying not, not do that. <laughs> but with anyone, we need the space to have the conversation. We need the space to express, this is what I'm thinking. This is what I'm feeling. And then come to the decisions. But sometimes there's not even space to have the conversation. Decisions are made for some people without even consulting them. You know, um, Another just example was, again, um, I'm the youngest of five children and my mother would have to cook dinner for five, for seven people. Right. But everybody didn't like everything. So she was never one of those people to just put on the plate. You eat it because she knew I didn't like that. (laughs) And so, or I could say, mommy, I don't, I don't, I don't like that. You know, is there something, you know, so instead of be like, just eat it. And a lot of times we just shove things on people without consulting them, be like, well, I, I don't, I don't like it. And so, Again, I grew up in a household where my parents gave us the opportunity, gave me the opportunity to, to express uh, what I was thinking, how I was feeling. Uh, and then from there, yes, decisions were made. And sometimes they let me make my decision and it was the wrong decision. <laughs> and I had to face the consequence of that. And I had to be held responsible for that. Another good example was I was in high school and my father always told me I couldn't work during the school year. My job was to go to school and good, good, get good grades. That was my, that was my job. <laughs> and so in my senior year in high school, I wanted a part-time job. And I, and again, I went to him and say, can I work during the school year? I'm only going to be working a f- couple of hours after school. And he was like, okay. He said, I'll give you the chance. He said, but if your grades drop, you're going to quit that job. Got it. <laughs> and so, yes, I wanted to work. I wanted my own money. Uh, but also understood the responsibility I had to make sure my schoolwork didn't suffer. And so I made sure my schoolwork didn't suffer. I kept my grades up because I wanted the responsibility and the freedom to work. And so he gave me a car to drive. He said, but you're going to be responsible for putting gas in it. You have a job. If you want this, then these are the things that come along with it. And so again, People want to be able to make their own decisions about their lives, whether good or bad, right or wrong. I think everyone should have that opportunity, that freedom to say, this is how I choose to live my life. Right, right. Now, if we move from the home setting yes. to the work setting, now there they do, there is, we can't use neither the word called conservative or we can't use the word called protective. Mm-hmm. There it's a very open field. And still yeah. we find that a lot of places do not have that a lot of women do not are not able to find their voices at workplaces they are very strong in terms of competency in terms of intellect in terms of coming from very good places 
good schools, good colleges, lot of, and still in meetings they are not able to uh, showcase their intelligence, their good ideas. Why is it like that? And what should they do that they are much more than what others think? Is it that workplaces do not allow it? Or is it that they are constrained by something? Is it confidence? You talk a lot about building confidence. So what, what exactly it is? And what would you tell women in those settings? Yeah, you know, that, that, that they should be slightly deserved. It's, it's so tough. It's so tough for a lot of women around the world when it comes to the workplace, um, United States included. You know, it's still not a place where women, I feel like, can really shine and really be who they are. There's still a lot of constraints. A lot of progress has been made, but it's still a lot of work to do. But I think it's unfortunate for companies who don't allow their women to really speak up because women are so talented and brilliant and they have so much they can offer. But when you don't allow them to shine, you know, I tell women, I tell my people in my, my community, let your light shine so other people can benefit from your brilliance. If you don't know that I have all this genius and, and talent inside of me waiting to come out to be used, we suffer. I think a lot of companies, a lot of the world could be better off and more forward if we really allow people to really express their genius. We all show up with genius. We all show up with talents and abilities, but but we're not always uh, allowed to fully express those things, and then we suffer for it. What if there are people who 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 um had, what is the person who created let's say the spaceship, right? What if he was never allowed to say I can I, we can, I can create a, a rocket to go to the moon? We would never go. To, we've never been to the moon. What if we had doctors who said as women that you can't be a doctor, then we won't have cures for certain diseases because people weren't allowed to be, to showcase, to exemplify. There are certain things that you are a genius at, but if you're not allowed to express that, how would the world benefit from that, right? And so that's the key. I, th I think we do the world and ourselves a disservice when we don't allow people to show up as who they are to really express their genius because it can benefit the world. The talents and abilities that I have, so one example, working as a speech language pathologist, I don't do the work for me. I do it for all those children who can't talk. <laughs> but what if I wasn't allowed to do my work, right? What if I wasn't allowed to go into the hospitals and the nursing homes to work with the elderly, someone who just had a stroke? I did that for years. What if I wasn't allowed to do that? These people would not have been able to benefit from what I had to offer. Their lives would not be better. So the culture and work needs to change. Um, but we also need to have women to say, find a place, find a space where you can show up more powerfully in some way each and every day. Right. And so uh, it, it goes hand in hand. We need a work culture that's going to support diversity and letting people shine. And also people standing up and say, I have something to share. Let me share my brilliance with the world so that other people may benefit. Think about all the books we've read, all the books that are in the library. What if people didn't write their books? We wouldn't, we wouldn't be able to have the information and the knowledge that, what if you didn't do this show, right? You know, I watched some other episodes of your show. What if you didn't have the show? Then people wouldn't be able to benefit from the brilliance of this show. That's why we need people to be allowed to show up and to share their brilliance. Right, right. So uh, should we understand that uh, 
our workplaces, several of them are, without saying they are discriminatory, our mindsets somewhere is discriminatory uh, towards women. I think so. <laughs> I'll give you. I'll give. I'll give you a very present example. Okay. CEOs after CEOs, there is firing happening at a lot of places in corporate America, global firms. I'll not name any them, any of them, but it is going on. Right. Yesterday itself, uh, there was a big, huge cut in in a social media firm, big, big tech. Most of these CEOs. The line that they are taking is that because we took some decisions understanding that, you know, after COVID, this will be what the world will be. And that was a mistake. Even in India, several companies have done that. Hmm. And they have fired people. What I want to ask is that not many people have questioned them in the same way. If that were a women CEO, I guess that situation would have been different. Then you would say, oh, she is not competent. Perhaps several cases it has happened. Even several women would have you know, started questioning the same thing. But now nobody talks about that. You may say, oh, maybe wrong decision or something. But I'm just trying to compare the mindset given these two situations if it were like that. How do you see that? I, I, I agree. I think at times women, we are more scrutinized for our, our decisions. You know, we are more questioned about our decisions. Uh, for whatever reason, you know, I think people think women can't make good decisions, <laughs> you know, <laughs> but we are the ones who raise children, teach them, you know, and grow them and do all these other amazing things. But for whatever reason, when it comes to corporate America or corporate, the global co- economy and things like that, um, we've, we have not been taken, I think, serious like we should. Um, and so again, it's just, we've made progress. I don't want to dismiss it because we have come a long way, <laughs> but there's so much more room for improvements and growth. And, um, we just have to continue to, to do that. You know, many years ago, I own a private practice. I have a personal development company many years ago. That would not have been the case, Right. And so as a woman and as a woman of color, you know, so those are the things that, you know, I look at and say there is a lot of progress that has been made, uh, but there is a lot to do and a lot of um, room to grow. And so we have to continue to have conversations like this and try to figure out how do we continue to 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 make it better? How do we get more women uh, in positions of, of power and things like that? But at the end of the day, I tell the women, I was like, you have to make sure you're standing up for yourself just on a day-to-day basis, you know, in your home, on your job, you know, and grow from there. But it does just start with the individual making a decision that, you know what, I am not going to, I'm not going to stay silent. I'm going to speak. I'm going to live authentically. I'm going to show up in a way that I believe is going to be the best way for me to show up for my brilliance. Right, right. Be that as it may, let's talk something positive around this that you are trying to build, that you are making a difference with. Mm-hmm. Uh own your amazing movement. What's that? And you know, how can someone be part of it? What does it mean to, you know, to own your amazing? You you said about it earlier on, but just, you know, even at the sake of repeating a bit of it, just for a refreshing sort of a thing, what exactly it is all about? How can people join it? What exactly are you trying to do with it? 
Awesome. So On Your Amazing, again, is a, I'll call it a movement because I believe there is time to rise up <laughs> and, and do different because we do see so many things that uh, we need to address in terms of women and, and empowerment, right? And so On Your Amazing is about you owning who you are. Again, I can't own it for you. You can't own it for me. So the first thing I do when I start with the people who are my clients, I ask them, well, who are you for you? Oftentimes we define ourselves by other people's standards on the other people's criteria, but we don't say, well, who am I for me? How, how do I want to show up for my life? Because every action, reaction and decision that I make is based upon how I see myself. Because I tell people, you can see me as brilliant, amazing, but if I don't see myself that way, then I'm not going to do certain things. And so I tell people, how do you see you? It doesn't matter what someone else thinks about you. What do you think about yourself? Because at the end of the day, that's what's going to cause you to make certain decisions in your life. Uh, I remember before I was, someone had uh, asked me to go for a promotion. And at that point, I didn't feel like I had the, the confidence, the competency to do it. And I didn't go for it. Even though other people said, I think you'll be a good fit for this. A lot of times other people can see our genius, but we don't see it in ourselves. So I'm saying, who are you to you? Not who are you to your family, not who are you to your country and your culture, but who are you to you so you can stand in your own personal power? Because you have to believe in you before anyone else does. I have to believe that I am amazing before I ask anybody else to, to believe that, right? And so this whole thing about being amazing is that I believe in a divine creator. I believe he created each person to be amazing, unique, different, special. There's no two people like you and I on this planet. I was just looking at the news this morning. They said there are 8, 8 billion people on the planet, 8 billion, and not one, two people are alike. That is amazing. I believe that is ultimately amazing. All these people on the planet, you're not going to find two people alike at all. And so we need to celebrate that. That's diversity at its finest, right? And so we need the people to show up as who they are because who you are is who you are and there's no one else like you. But a lot of times we dismiss ourselves and think, oh, I'm not good enough. I'm not smart enough. I'm not pretty enough. I don't have a diz. I, and we discount who we are. We don't see our own worth, our own value. And those things are important in our confidence and how we show up in the world. And so the movement is about moving people from not owning who they are to really embracing the amazingness of who they are. Flaw, you know, flaws and all. We all have imperfections. Nobody's perfect. We all have some things that uh, we're not good at, some things we are good, but we need to embrace all of that. And that is my message. That is my mission. I think that's what's missing in the world today is that we're not allowing people to be who they are. We try to have these cookie cutters, you know, like, well, look like this, dress like that, talk like, well, that's not who I am. That's not who I am. Let me show up as me, the only me, and, and celebrate that, right? And so that is what the movement is about. I invite women and some men <laughs> to come along and be a part of this thing that, so they can really know who they are for themselves and be proud of who they are and live authentically to, again, I keep saying to live their worth out loud, not hide in the shadows, not pretend like this is not, this is who I am. This is who I am. This is how I show up. You know, I am a very outgoing person. You know, my mother said I came out the womb talking, <laughs> you know, but I have, I have a sister who's very quiet. 
She's very introverted, very quiet. We're two different people. You know, if she's trying to be talkative, it won't work for her. If I try to be quiet, it won't work for me. <laughs> so we both show up in who we are, and that's good enough. And so I invite women to come on the movement. I have workshops. I have coaching. I have I do speaking all around the world on this topic of owning your amazing, because I believe that is the missing piece. It's that we are not allowed to own who we are, to be proud of who we are, and to let the world see our brilliance. Right. And you also have your book, Own Your Amazing. Yes. I book. Yes. I wrote a book uh, a couple years ago. Um, and I'm really proud of that because I was my book was a, was nominated for a book award, right? It was like I was one of the finalists out of thousands of something five people who submissions. But mine was for personal development. And one of the criteria for even entering that particular category is, is the, the people, the judges looked at who is trying to make an impact. It wasn't about the number of books that were sold, right? A lot of times you, you hit these, you know, bestseller because, no, they said who is trying to make an impact with their book, with their message. And I was so proud that I was nominated in a finalist for that because that's what I'm trying to do, make an impact with my message of owning your amazing. And so um, so the book outlines, again, what it means to own your amazing. The first chapter, one of my favorite chapters called Divine Design, just what I talked about. It's like understanding that you are a divine creation. <laughs> if we start there, I mean, that's life changing for a lot of people because a lot of people's self-esteem and self-worth is that the, it's in the pits. They don't, they don't think good of themselves. You have to think well of yourself. But a lot of people don't. They just discount themselves. They don't see that they don't think they're talented. Um, but when we start there, when people realize like, well, I am amazing. I do have value. I am worth something. I do have something to say. That's life changing. I'm telling you, I tell people start there. That will change your life. Reading that first chapter can change your life when you really understand who you are and what amazing creation that you are. And so the other chapter is talking about the people you surround yourself with. I would say go where you're celebrated, not tolerated. Be around people who are going to celebrate you and, 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 and see the goodness that's, that you are instead of just always putting you down and telling you you're not nothing and you're not worried. People hear those kind of messages and it really takes a toll on them. So surround yourself with good people. Uh, make sure you're showing up the way you want to show up. Understand that you are created for someone. I would say we all are a niche. We talk about niches in business, right? You're a niche. I'm a niche. Everyone is a niche, right? I said, we're not for everybody, but we are for somebody. And so I believe we were created on purpose and with a purpose. And so our job is to let ourselves shine, let ourselves use those good, those gifts and talents for other people. My gifts are not for me. They're for me to give, but if I don't give them and share them, the people who were intended to be the benefit from them would never have that. And so that's what the book is about. There are exercises in the book that you have to write down your thoughts and, and, and make sure that you are looking at yourself in a powerful way. So that's the whole thing about personal development. How are you looking at you personally so you can show up to be the most amazing person that you already are? Right, right. So three things. Yes. How do people become a part of your amazing movement? Where do people buy your book? And third thing, how do people connect with you for, you know, understanding more about you, what you are doing, as well as engage with you professionally? How awesome. do they do? 
So I always tell people the first place to go is to go to my website, which is onyouramazingnow.com. They can go there, poke around, see what we're working on. But also to join the movement is to join. I have a, a private Facebook community. It's called the Oya community where um, I provide content, exclusive content, uh, information for those who are part of that community. But it's, um, So they can go to my Facebook page and then they can also see how to join the private group. But my Facebook is Dr. Denise on Your Amazing. That's on, again at, on Facebook. Um, also, to get the book, you can find it on Amazon. But it also, uh, if you go on the website, there is a tab where they can purchase the book directly from me. And then when they do that, I write a special message to the person. I love doing that. So a lot of people love just, you know, they can get it from Amazon, you know, but uh, they also get it from me and I'll write a personal message to them. Um, and so, again, people who do that, they're just like, how did you know? I just I need to hear that message, you know, and so I, I love doing it. So those are two ways that they can get the book as well. Right, right. So you see, Dennis, uh, Dr. Dennis, you are doing so much. You have achieved so much and you are doing so much, you, have, you know, in now. Now, where from here? Where is it that you want to, you know, go from here? That's my last question to you. And I, every time I'm asked that question, I always say world domination. I want to dominate the world. <laughs> I want everyone to own their amazing. I want everyone in the world to hear this message. I want everyone to really embrace who they are, to live authentically and to share their brilliance with the world. So whatever else to me, I have some, I'm working on another book, uh, working on a, a web series. I'm working on uh, more workshops, retreats for next year. So again, my mission is just to get this message to as many people as I can so they can be a part of this community, so they can show up and like I said, show out <laughs> and just really live an amazing life that they, they deserve. We all deserve to live the lives that we've been destined to live. And so I just want to be a small part in helping people to do that. On this note, it's a wrap on this very special edition of the KJ Masterclass Live. Thank you so much, Dr. Dennis. Thank you so much for having me.